this week on Dueling Review, it's Die. Number 15 from Image Comics. The Great Game Part 5. The Great Game Ends. The board is flipped. The pieces go to pieces. Can anyone play on? So Die, Matthew. Hey. What? You can't tell me that. I mean, that's the book we're reviewing this week. Oh, okay. I thought you were yelling at me. Oh, no, no. No, I would never say that to you. So Die 15. Mm-hmm. There's no such thing as a 15-sider. No, but I guess we're up... I guess, though, what is this series going to go to 220, do you think? It'll end at 20? I don't know. I mean, that uh, seems like the appropriate place, right? It ends at issue 16 on a 20-sided die. That would be kind of funny. I don't think it's going to end at issue 16 because they talk about the next arc, but I wonder if it could end at 20. You can never tell with Karen because... He'll do these things where you're like, yeah, this book will go on forever. Oh, wait, no, issue 70 is the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I understand that. Um, I also have not read Die since we reviewed it on the Major Spoilers podcast, the first arc. First so, six issues, yeah. Yeah, so I'm not really down on what's all going on. Down and I think that that's I think that's okay. Um, But I, I mean... Yeah, I mean, so me going into this and reading this, I really don't have any idea of what's been going on, who's been doing what, etc. So to me, a lot of this is just, eh, okay. Well, you know how. There were six of them, and they were trapped mm-hmm. in the world of die, and they thought they were at the mercy of their dead grandmaster, Saul. Yeah. And it turned out that they couldn't go home until all six of them agreed to go home, and the party split. Half the party said, yes, we want to go home. And half the party said, no, we don't. Yeah. And they do a pretty good job of that in the um, previously in page. Yeah. So basically we had come to a point where, you know, they were fighting each other and they spent the last four or five issues at war. Last issue, um, there was some really, really bad, terrible shenanigans. And Izzy basically was forced to tell Matt, the grief knight, that his father is dead. And now instead of one magical weapon that can destroy the universe, he now has two. He has his grief uh, grief sword and his maul of rage. And now he's coming to kill everybody in a blind rage. Hate face, hate face. So one of the things that I find really interesting is in the way that this story is told. Most of the time when you read a comic book, it is told through word balloons and the actions of the character on the page. Mm-hmm. This feels more like we get that we get a lot more of this through the eyes of the narrator, right? Mm-hmm. Kind of explaining things along the way, which is fine, um, but it it does feel a little bit more like I'm reading a a book uh, or you know a different type of prose than what you would normally expect in a comic book, and maybe that has had a little bit of impact in my thoughts on this issue. It's possible. I mean, part of it is the fact that, at least up until this issue, it seemed like Ash was in control of the world. That mm-hmm. Ash was basically acting as Grandmaster or Game Master. Mm-hmm. And she has been our central narrator. But now, other things are happening that make that seem like it's not such a thing. But I kind of like that. I do like the amount, I mean, just the amount of prose, the amount of words yeah. that you get out of this. There's a lot of stuff in here, you know, a lot of writing and not, you know, the big shmarmy writing where it's like, mama, look how great I'm writing. 
it's something where there's actually a lot of complexity and a lot yeah. of things that, yes. you know, you have to go over. Yeah. And that's why I think probably this issue is best served to those who have read the previous 14 issues. Oh, God, yes. Yeah, because, you don't want to jump in and out of die. I've been trying to do that, and it's just, it's not good. Yeah, because of the way that it's written, and it's not written bad, it's written very, very well. Uh, but because of the complexities, as you said, it does make it very hard to really get a grasp on what's going on in everyone's motives. And, you know, uh, yeah, I, I guess it's just that. It's, it is so, it's so complex that if you have not been reading this book every time it comes out, you're going to be lost, and this will make very little sense. Art is pretty, though. Oh, it's gorgeous. Yeah, it is, it is so gorgeous that the scene of, you know, someone plucking out their eye to present it to someone else is, and of course their eye is actually a magical dice. But yeah, that, just that whole sequence is incredible. There's nothing about this book that isn't, super beautiful in a scary, scary way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I kind of agree with you. It would be easy to get lost in this. And there are times where normally for a review, uh, I will read a book at least three times for, yeah. you know, a dueling review. I may read it three or four. Die is a five times through book. Mm. And each time you're like, well, oh yeah, I missed that. Uh, that, that crazy vampire that she's been mind controlling. Yeah. He came back to kill her. Oh, got chopped right in half. You know, that's not the thing that you missed. That's actually pretty obvious in the story, <laughs> but you know, you get to point where you're like, Oh, 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 Oh yeah. So I feel like this is a story that yeah, every issue you probably need to read more than your average comic for full comprehension. It's yeah. not a, a once through and you're done kind of book. Yeah. So there's a couple of other things that go on here that I think could be done maybe a little bit tweaked a little bit. So uh -huh. in the previously in page where they're basically saying, here's what's happened. Right. Here are our characters. And they give you little pictures of each one of them and tell you a little, little bit about them. I think they need to be a little bit more clear on the faces because like Chuck, uh -huh. they've got a really great little postage stamp for him so that when he appears in this issue, yelling about the things he's yelling about in glass town. You're like, Oh, that's Chuck. Okay. I read about that's this Chuck. guy. Right. But, um, lady with the, the flower eye. Yeah. Ash's uh, flower. eye is not visible. Right. That's, it's, that's it's covered with picture. hair and it's, and you're only seeing a little sliver of her face. Same way with Angela. And yeah, Angela's and, visor being up makes it really hard because she spends the whole issue with her visor down and her, you know, even though she has a different color hair than Isabella, uh, these very tiny thumbnails can make it very distracting to remember who's who and what's what. Uh, right. Now, certainly the guys are very distinct. Chuck is very distinct from Matt. Matt is very distinct from Saul. Uh, so, well, yeah, Saul it, is a rotting zombie. So, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, when he shows up, you're like, oh, this guy. Um, so, yeah, I think <laughs> if, if you're trying to help people remember or refresh their memories on who everyone is, I think they need to be maybe a little bit better in in that page, even going so far as maybe taking one of the clear shots, uh, mm -hmm. like the page where, um, the girl with the flower eye right. is, you know, right up in your face. You can clip that and make that the, the little identifier for that person. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I, I, uh, the art is nice. Again, uh, the color palette is muted, uh, which is interesting. You have a lot of reds and blues, are your primary yeah. colors in here. And it's very, very muted. You get very 
few other, I mean, you get some purples in there, but I kind of think that that's always a mishmash of the red and the blues as a result. So it's a very muted issue. Um, as far as the color palette goes, which is nice. A lot of people really like that. And I do too, when it's done well, and I think it's done well here. Um, so I really don't have a problem with the art. I really don't have a problem with the actual craft of writing. I just haven't been following this book enough to really understand if this is something that's supposed to be good or something that's supposed to be bad, or if I'm supposed to be cheering or crying or being angry. I just kind of read it and had no emotional reaction from this. Yeah, something awful is about to happen to about five different characters, and that can be overwhelming. And one of the real difficulties of this book that they've been handling really well that is still a very real thing is you're dealing with kind of a, you know, an RPG sword and sorcery mm-hmm. high fantasy narrative, mm-hmm. but also characters who have real life flaws and issues. You have, you know, the thing Matt is driven by the fact that he believes his father has died. Yeah. You look at it, you know, Ash doesn't want to go home because out of his the game, sucks. Dominic Ash is not happy with his life in yeah. the game. She controls everything. So, I mean, and of course, if you look at part of the reason that Chuck didn't want to go home is that Chuck in the real world is actually dying. So, yeah, there's a lot of real world consequences and things that are kind of balanced out by swords and sorcery and zombies and magic. And it can be a difficult balance, but I feel like they do it well. It's also something that can be kind of overwhelming. There is that beautiful scene where Ash looks like she's getting ready to cut her own eye out. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I'm like, no, don't do that. Don't, don't do that. And of course, thankfully we discover shortly that it's not actually really the power die of the grandmaster. But even so I'm like, I did not want to see a beautifully rendered painting of Ash gouging out her eye with a, with a stick, you know, yeah, yeah. that's not something I want. Well, and I'll say this as far as, you know, this is metaphor for all gaming things. I mean, it's, it's out there. There's bigger descriptions, especially when we were reading the first volume and you were like, Oh, okay. That's where Tolkien got his idea for, you know, Middle right. Earth and everything from World War One, and oh, that ties into the game and they live on a 20-sided world and all these things. And so it's very, very fascinating from that point of view to where there's all these big hand sweeps about the meta-commentary on gaming. Whereas I'm reading another book set in a different universe a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. And I do like this writer who's writing this book that I'm reading, Mm -hmm. but he writes, and I'm pretty sure he's a gamer too. He writes like he's writing a dungeon and dragons book Mm -hmm. so much so that we were talking about this the other day, how, you know, star Wars caused the common English language basic and, um, right there in the book, it's like, yeah, we're speaking basic. And then there's a lot of things that just describe it to where you're like, oh yeah, this is someone describing their, their star Wars RPG night. (laughs) <laughs> oh, not mentioning any, any, uh, any books that I might be reading specific names. Yeah. yeah. This one does yeah. not feel like that. Right. When you no, read, when you read, um, uh, what's his name? Who, who does the dungeons and dragons stuff over at IDW publishing? I'm forgetting Jim his name. Zub. Yeah. It's Jim Zub. When you read his stuff, you know that it's all dungeons and dragons. You understand where this is coming from. You understand right. when Rick and Morty go and do dungeons and dragons. You understand when, uh, um, Stranger Things does Dungeons and Dragons, how this is all them playing in this game world. Die, though, is 
about them being sucked into the game and not playing by what we traditionally would think of as these yeah. RPG rules or tropes. And so I think that's what sets Die apart from a lot of these others. And I think Die ends up with a lot more meta commentary ab about gaming and life than a lot of these other books do. So I really think Die is in its own separate category from a lot of these other books that hint at or rely on or are about the tabletop gaming experience. Yeah, this is not a game or rather a story about a game or a story about yeah. Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. This is a meta commentary on role-playing games themselves. And it takes into account, you know, the, the common character stereotypes that you run into and the things that people do. And in this book, you get some sort of input into why these characters want to be the fantasy characters that they mm -hmm. want to be. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I really like that. And I like the fact that the rules of this game are not recognizably D and D or Pathfinder or, you know, GURPS. Yeah. And there's not a little man, bald headed man running around saying, Oh, I am the dungeon master. You are the barbarian. Uh, I would so like that actually. In I this, would like in this book, that. probably not, not in this, in this book. book. No, I'd no. like to see it in a book. Just like Batman is sitting there on the rooftops. My city screams. I am dungeon master. <laughs> Um, think about it. It'd be cool. Yeah. Uh, Batman would certainly be Vinjar though. Or whatever that guy's <laughs> name he, was. Or would he be Eric the Cavalier? I don't, I honestly, I don't think he would be Eric the Cavalier. You don't think so? No, I don't. Eric the Cavalier. I mean, if, if, if you will have to put the JLA into those roles, yes, he probably would be. <laughs> Superman would be, uh, the, the Hank Ranger. The Ranger. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Wonder Woman would be. Uh, the the what's the one girl's name diana the acrobat yes the acrobat yeah um you'd have to go with flash as the young the youngest kid yeah he would be the barbarian and then you'd and have to go the with green manhunter would be sheila the thief uh i was gonna go with green lantern but okay Nah, Green Lantern would suck. He he's not invited. That's fine. I I, I can go with I can go with Martian Manhunter as the thief. <laughs> but see, that's yeah, what but... you're not getting in this book, right? I mean, these people, none, nothing in Die falls along typical fantasy right. RPG tropes. Yes, even their player categories are weird and wild and crazy, and that's part of the fun. And I I fully expect. I know that Kieran has been toying with the rules of the Die. Mm -hmm. And, you know, providing them, I fully expect at some point we'll actually get. I thought that there was a role playing game. I thought there was an RPG uh, like at the end of the first trade or something. There was like, well, here are the rules. If anybody wants to play them, play, right. play in this world. I didn't know if they were complete. That's kind of. Oh, cool. I, yeah. I don't know about that part. I just know that it was something that, hey, if you guys want to, here you go. Kind of thing. That's so, what I get for reading the original. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I think it wasn't in, in. I mean, it was the letters portions of the original issues so right there is that and uh yeah so here's the thing uh this is another one of those books that it's very interesting it's very complex it's very pretty mm -hmm. i have zero interest in this to be honest mm -hmm. i mean it's it's good it's well written like i said the first trade was good i think the first trade i need to read a couple more times and then start to go into the other stuff but seeing how i didn't and i haven't it's kind of like well this book probably isn't for me that being said, it's very well done. And I think for those of you who are diehards that yeah. this book is, I get it just for you. 
And I think if you like to get away from RPG tropes and see what other people have to say, this meta commentary about gaming, then most definitely, and people who get maybe too caught up in their own games, that this is something that you will want to read. Yeah. This always reminds me of several different things. I mean, there's elements in here that remind me of uh, Kieran's previous work on The Wicked and the Divine. Mm-hmm. Fans call it The Wicked. The Wicked, yes. Uh-huh. That, yeah. yeah. Well, it's better and than the there, other There way, was but... a similar complexity and a similar, uh, similar difficulty in figuring out some of the motives of the characters there. But this also reminds me of that Tom Hanks movie. Which uh, one? Mazes and Monsters. Oh, yeah, that horrible movie. Where he ends up in the sewers of New York stabbing <laughs> I'm people. I'm crying. I didn't know that. <laughs> what happened to me, Robbie? But, you know, um, I, I like that movie. I like the book even more. You should read the book. No, I don't need I, I don't need it. I read it. It's, like, it's a quick read. It's like I boring. have zero desire to read someone's fantasy about uh, the satanic no, panic. It's good. It's good. The book doesn't do that. The book it's, actually sides with the players. Oh, okay. And they're like, oh man, we sure are players. We do things that so kids then, do. Does then that then put die in that same category? To some degree. Um, less so because these aren't kid players anymore. These are adults with fully formed adult neuroses and adult problems. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I do appreciate the the subtle turns. The last page of this issue where they're all forced to come back together and they realize now they have to go on a dungeon crawl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that I mean, that's amazing. That reminds me so much of Critical Hit that it makes my teeth itch. Because <laughs> it's just like, hey, hey, turns out what you thought was happening isn't going to happening. And yeah. now you're all going to be suffering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you I mean... Remember, for- remember that whole thing with the, the iron? Yeah. Yeah, of course I do. Yeah, the iron was terrible. Yeah. Um, so for me, uh, go check out Die. I think it's interesting. Uh, personally, if you've not read Die before and you're listening to our review of it, uh, you really need to... This, it's kind of just like Critical Hit. Well, you really need to start with episode one. You really need to start with issue one of Die yeah. if you're going to get anything out of this. I am not Brett, sure that there is... At least at the beginning of this current arc. Yeah, I'm not sure that there is a great jumping on point point for either Critical Hit or Die besides at the beginning. On the plus side, there's 500 plus episodes of Critical Hit. There's only 15 issues of Die. So one of those you're going to get done before the other. Yeah, I agree. If you're going to start anywhere with Die, if you want to read this issue, my recommendation is at least pick up the current arc that starts with issue 11 and take it from the beginning. Because as Stephen mentioned, the what has come before portions of Die are very, very useful, very, very mm-hmm. meaningful, mm-hmm. but also a little bit artsy. So sometimes they'll say things and you're like, I wonder what that means. And then in the issue, you'll be like, oh, oh, it was a Greek chorus. This was not um, a this was not a book that I was going to just jump in. This was not yeah. a book I would have picked for us to review. I would have picked something that we're probably all uh, familiar with or at least a little bit more so than than Die. But we yeah. ended up doing die number 15 anyway, because there were, well, let's see, one, two, three, four people, four, four votes. people out of eight who said that they wanted us to review die number 15. That's, that's almost half. Who are these people, Matthew? Well, yes. And the rest were split between Yosagi Yojimbo, uh, two votes for Commanders in Crisis and one for Sea of Sorrows number one. So there you go. Who are these people that told us to uh, to read Die number 15, Matthew? 
Well, they're they're just people. They're people like they're you awesome people. and me and like the listener out there right now. They're just people who know how to get to Patreon, who know how to find patreon.com slash major spoilers, who know how to type in, I want you guys to read Turnip Man number four. Click. Those are the people. Anybody who does that will be part of the dueling review experience. Yep. 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 So here's what you need to do. So a little heads up for everybody. Next week is the Thanksgiving uh, holiday here in the United States. Uh, None of us are going anywhere. None of us are going to do family gatherings except for the people in our immediate houses. I think I'm going to go to the Walmart and buy a big pizza. That Well, the boys, I was like, so guys, what do you guys want for for Thanksgiving uh, dinner this year? Do you want uh, ham? Do you want turkey? And they both, separate questions, like five minutes apart from one another, they were both like, I'd be okay with pizza. And I was like, (laughs) oh, you guys. And then finally I convinced them to uh, Turkey. And so the, uh, uh, there's this guy that comes in and he sells smoked, uh, sausages and all sorts of, you know, yummy things, uh, barbecue smoking a sausage is keeping the paper dry. I know. Right. Uh, they, they, you know, they do barbecue stuff, but I know, I knew that they also did Turkey legs. So I went in and got really quick, got four smoked Turkey legs and they're now in the freezer for Thanksgiving. So that's what we're going to have Turkey legs. So, where does that all, wow, what, ah, you got me off topic again, Matthew. <laughs> what does this have to do with Doodling Review next week? Okay, so for those of you who are patrons at patreon.com slash major spoilers, you know, because you're very smart people, as Matthew said earlier, you know that you can connect your Patreon account to our major spoilers Discord server. Yep. And you can listen to this show live normally Thursday nights, 8 o'clock p.m. Central Time, and you can hang out with all the other cool kids and uh, chat away and listen to our show and, and uh, you know, all the good things that happen. Listen to us record this show live. However, next week, we will be doing this show live on Wednesday night yep. at 7 o'clock p.m. Central Time. Because Thursday's Thanksgiving and really, that's a day everybody should have off. Uh, so that they can spend time with their loved ones, even if their loved ones are on a Skype call or, um, you know, in the room with them. Um, so, no... Thursday night dueling review on the 20, whatever it is, 25th, 6th. Yeah. Uh, instead it's going to be on Wednesday night and then you'll want to stick around because immediately after we do that, we will record the GM round table at yeah. eight o'clock PM central time for everyone who's in the discord. So you'll want to check that out as well. So double discord party, my friends, that is a long way of saying, Hey, Get over there and vote and then show up on Wednesday night instead of Thursday next week. I'm sure Marshall will show up at uh, 820 on Thursday night going, hey, guys, I'm here. Hey, hey where, where is, is everybody? everybody? Marshall's a smart one. Don't worry. We're just giving him a hard time. Uh, yeah, but Matthew, uh, somehow these people are going to have to let us know what they want us to review. That is true, because if they go to our Patreon, Majorspoilers.com, no, wait, no, Patreon.com forward slash Majorspoilers, stay with me on this, you'll be able to look up Dueling Review for the week of, I'm going to say November 25th, 2020. November 25th, that is correct. And see a list of comics, including such luminaries as... From DC Comics, we've got Action Comics number 1027, Batman Beyond issue 49, uh, let's see, we also have The Flash, 766, and it looks like next week there is a Legion of Superheroes number 11 arriving in stores. Ooh. That From, comes after 10, by the way. Yeah. The Boom Studios next week has the final, I believe it's the final issue of Angel and Spike with Angel and Spike number 16. Uh, we also have, 
blah, blah, blah. Mega Man, fully charged number four. And the unkindness of Ravens, issue number three. Uh, that's about a girl going to school and finding witchy cults and everything going on there. Are you um, sure it's not about a telepathic girl who hooks up with the Teen Titans? No, it's not. It's actually, I really enjoyed the first issue. I, I missed the second issue because someone else grabbed it from me, but uh, I do want to go back and read that series. Uh, Dark Horse Comics next week has Stranger Things, Science Camp Camp number three, and X-Ray Robot number four, the final issue there. Uh, Dian Dynamite next week has Dynamite number two. Also, Green Hornet number four and Vampirilla number 15. IDW Publishing, Sonic the Hedgehog, Bad Guys number three of four, and Star Wars Adventures number two. Image Comics has Chew number five. Oh, just in time for the Thanksgivings. Also, Scumbag number two and Spawn 312. Marvel Comics has Conan the Barbarian number 16, Doctor Doom number nine, Star Wars Darth Vader uh, by Greg Pak, uh, the first volume of that, and Star Wars Doctor Aphra number six. And of course, for those of you who are into the uh, the X of Swords, X of Swords Destruction number one. Ooh. In all the rest category, we have Amped number two. Asterisks, uh, you know, uh, Obelix and Asterisks uh, get an om- omnibus collection from Paper Cuts next week, volume three. That's definitely one to pick up. In fact, I think next week on the Major Spoilers podcast, we are reviewing an Asterisks uh, uh, collection. So that'll be a lot of fun. We yeah. also get uh, Captain Swing number one coming out next week. Dryfoot number three. God is Dead number four. And I Walk with Monsters number one. Let's scroll all the way down to the bottom of the list. Ooh, Rick and Morty Ever After number two. Robin Hood Just Us uh, number five. The penultimate issue there. And Exo Man O' War number two. Man O' War. Yeah. So you want to head over to Patreon.com slash Major Spoilers. Look for Dueling Review for number of November 25th, 2020. Look at the complete list. Let us know what you want us to review. Uh, Balooey has already registered his vote for Power Pack number one from Marvel Comics. We'll see who else uh, jumps in on that list. Also, don't forget this weekend, if you are a uh, Patreon member at the $1 or higher level in November and December, you have access to the VIP live chat taking place on Saturday, November 21st at 1 o'clock p.m. Central Time. We're going to be talking about all sorts of important things. Uh, We'll be talking about what's going on with our affiliates. uh, How are the podcast downloads? And are we really going to cancel some of our shows? You can come and hang out at the VIP live chat with Matthew and I this weekend, November 21st, Saturday, 1 o'clock p.m. Central Time. Look over on Patreon.com for more information and the links there. We will be back next week to review a comic, and maybe you will get to hear Matthew say, Sing it, play guitar. This podcast is copyright 2020 by Major Spoilers Entertainment, LLC.